Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're asking the question, should teachers give grace in the classroom? And this is a particularly relevant question for us Christian teachers, because we understand the incredible value of grace and the grace that we have received from our Father. And so I think naturally, we have a desire to want to give grace in our classrooms, or at least we understand that grace is important and maybe wonder what that looks like in our classroom. But the thing is, when we think about grace in the classroom, I think there really are two extremes where we fall into danger, right? One of them would be wanting to give grace all the time. So it's it's all grace, right? Uh, no, no any consequences, no anything. It's just, it's just we want to give grace all the time. And the other extreme is there are some teachers, and you can kind of see which side you identify with more, where we don't ever want to give grace. Like we want to have our list of consequences in our discipline plan, and we want to stick to it rigidly. And we don't see any room for grace in the classroom, right? I mean, it's very cut and dry. If you do this, you get this. If this happens, you get this. And we just want to to be like that. And I don't think either extreme is good. I, I don't think we should say, you know, everything, you know, we always give grace, there's never any consequences, but we also shouldn't be so stuck to our discipline plan that there's not room for grace. So the question is, how do we find this balance? And so we're going to share some thoughts today that I hope will help you do just that. So as I said, as Christian teachers, we have to realize that both sides are important. God has given us incredible grace, and giving that grace to our students can be powerful and life-changing. However, that doesn't mean we completely abandon the quote-unquote law and just let everything go. So caveat here, I certainly have not figured this all out, and I'm not sure any of us have, but there are some key questions that we need to ask ourselves when we're wondering whether we should give mercy or consequences. So here's some questions to ask ourselves when we're contemplating giving grace or mercy. So the first question is this, what is best for the student? That is a key question, right? So our response, whether it's consequences, mercy, or some combination of both, must be what is best for the child or for the teen. And that means what's best for them in the long run, not what they want right now. Sometimes a child desperately needs consequences to help him learn a painful lesson. And if we let him off the hook, all we're really doing is pushing those consequences down the road when they're going to be more and more serious. Other times, however, you might realize that Grace would be much more powerful in this teenager's life in this moment than consequences. And so here's the thing. We don't always know, but that's the question to ask yourself. What does this student need at this moment? And let that guide. And of course, as we'll get to this later, be in prayer about that and ask for the Holy Spirit's direction in that situation. Now, before we move on to the second question, I need to clear something up here real quickly. If you're worried, like, wait a second, like, wouldn't that not be fair? Like, let's say I give, you know, let's say this student, you know, I notice that they're 
you know, cheating or whatever it is. And because of the extenuating circumstances, I choose to give them some grace because I think that's what's best for them. And I know that's what they need in this situation. But then the next week I give a student the full consequences because that's what they need. Isn't that not fair? We could go onto this in a whole, we could go on and on about this, but I linked to a whole article at teachfortheheart.com slash grace uh, that talks about if God's not fair, should we be? And it kind of talks about the fact, and I'll just kind of try to sum it up real quickly here without going on too big of a rabbit trail. But the truth is that God is not, quote unquote, God is always just, but he's not always, quote unquote, fair the way we think of fairness. In other words, God doesn't treat us all the same. He doesn't deal with us all the same. Uh, He deals with each person the way they need to be dealt with. And I think when we model that, that is right. Um, We we sometimes put fairness up on this pedestal and we think that fairness is treating everyone the exact same every time. But like I said, that's not how God acts and that's not what's best for the students. So I think it helps to kind of dethrone that notion that everyone must be treated exactly the same every single time because that's not really what's best for the students. It's not the biblical model. And so the thing is that sometimes students expect that. They expect that, you know, everyone's treated the same every time. But I think as we te- if, if this comes up and there's pushback, that we we start teaching them this. We, we start teaching them that, you know, I, we're not trying to just arbitrarily do things across the board. We are trying to be just. And we do, like, there is a sense where we need to be fair and that, you know, we, sh- we certainly shouldn't be picking on kids or, you know, anything like that. And we have to watch out for that. But there is that sense where I want to do what's best for you. I want to do what's best for Olivia. I want to do what's best for Jordan, right? I, I, where we, we need to do what's best for each student. So uh, once again, we could talk about a, an entire episode on that, and maybe we will, um, but I linked to some more, um, another article at teachfortheheart.com slash grace. So question number one, what is best for this student? Second question, what is my motivation? This one hurts sometimes. I know there's been times when I've quote unquote given a student grace because I wasn't sure what to do or because I wanted to avoid a confrontation. So this is a very bad reason to give, quote unquote, give grace, because you're not really giving grace. You're really just avoiding consequences because you don't want to deal with it or you don't know how to deal with it. So our only motivation must be what's best for the student. So if we honestly examine our motives and realize they're even in the least bit self-serving, we have got to cast those thoughts aside and get back to asking ourselves what's best for the student. And this can work both ways. This, for me, this tended to work itself out as I didn't like to give consequences. So for me, I would like default to, like I said, quote unquote, giving grace because I didn't want to give consequences. But some some of you might default the other way. Some of you might default to wanting to nail these students. You, Some of you, if you're like, a, if you're a rule person and you really like rules, then you're going to just default to, you know, oh, consequence, 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 consequence. And that might actually be a little bit more self-serving than you thought. So you like you likewise need to ask yourself, am I just doing this because like I like the rule structure or honestly, like I'm happy to give this kid this consequence. He's been driving me crazy. Um, or are you truly motivated by I really believe this is what this student needs? Does that make sense? 
So number one, what is best for the child or teen? Number two, what is my motivation? Number three, will this student understand that they are receiving mercy? So if you're feeling like maybe you should give mercy in this situation, this is the next thing that you have to consider. Is the student going to understand that this is mercy or grace? Or are they going to just mistake it for permission or think that it's not a big deal or something they can just, you know, slough off? So I think that young children especially have trouble sometimes understanding this abstract concept of grace. Um, Another time that this can be difficult is at the beginning of the school year. So if you have not yet established your authority and your rule structure, then and the children don't really know you and they don't know your rules, then they might not understand if you're giving too much grace. So so for example, let's say you start out the year by giving lots and lots of grace. Your students probably wouldn't understand or appreciate this mercy that you're giving because what they're probably actually assuming is either that this misbehavior is not a big deal or that they're going to be able to get away with it. So... I do think it's very important to think about this and to think, is the student understanding that this is grace or or, or not? So one thing that, that I've thought about a lot with this is, have you ever wondered why in the Bible God gave the law hundreds of years before he gave grace? It's kind of an interesting thing, right? They gave Israel the law and for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, they had the law before Jesus came and gave the New Testament of grace. And I think there's a lot of reasons for this. I wonder if one of the reasons is so that we as humanity could realize our sin and see it so clearly. When we look back at the Old Testament period, we see how how Israel failed over and over to keep the law. And, and we recognize our inability to keep it. And it makes us appreciate grace so much because we realize how messed up we were and how in desperate need of grace. And we realize the consequences and the condemnation that we are under if we don't have Jesus coming for us. And so because of that, we really appreciate the grace and all that Jesus did for us on the cross. And I think that that is a good example and a good pattern for us to think about in our classrooms in the fact that when we've established, quote unquote, the law, and we've established our expectations, and, we, and we've established the fact that there are consequences for cheating or being unkind or disrupting class, things like this, and students know that, that if they've done something and they know, man, I, I'm, I deserve some type of consequence here, and then we give mercy, then they can appreciate it for what it is. And it can be a tool of grace as opposed to something that's misinterpreted and just snowballs into students thinking that they can do whatever they want. So I hope that's a little bit helpful as you think that through. So number one question, what is best for the student? Number two, what is my motivation? Number three, will the student understand they are receiving mercy? And finally, and most importantly, number four, how is the Spirit leading me? This question truly is key to all the others. You know, often we like formulas and principles to guide our lives, and God absolutely gives us spiritual truths to direct us, and we've tried to lay out some things to think about. 
But what is even more powerful is that God has given us his spirit to guide us. I know it's easy. Too often I fail to listen to his voice. But when we do, when we make him part of our small decisions, when we listen for him, then he can direct us. And that is so powerful because God knows what's best. He knows our motivation. He knows what's best for the student. He knows if they understand. He knows what they need. And so if we ask him for guidance and we're sensitive to his leading, then we can really be his tool in our classroom. So I hope these four concepts have helped you think about this a little bit. And like I said, there's there's no like clear-cut answer here. It really is a biblical balance. And some of us might come out more to one side of the scale or the other, but we really do want to be seeking a biblical balance in our approach to grace and consequences in the classroom. I hope you found this helpful. Once again, you can check out the um, some links at teachfortheheart.com slash grace where I link to that other post about being fair. And I also want to let you know that we talk about this more in our book, Create Your Dream Classroom. So if you want to check out that book, you can, once again, it's linked to at teachfortheheart.com slash grace, or you can get it directly at teachfortheheart.com slash dream classroom. Let's pause a moment and pray before we finish up. Lord, thank you for your grace and the incredible grace that you have given to us. And I pray that you will give us wisdom as we seek to give grace in the right ways in our classroom. Help us be the tools that our students need to develop character and to bring them closer to you, whether they know you or not. I pray that you'll help us bring them one step closer to you through our actions and our attitudes and the way that we represent you in the classroom. Thank you for each teacher. Give them the strength and grace that they need this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you do us a huge favor and share it with a friend or a colleague? You can send them to teachfortheheart.com or directly to the podcast info page at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. Of course, they can also always find it on their mobile device by searching for the Teach for the Heart podcast. Thank you guys again. It's just such an honor to be able to speak with you. And if you guys have a certain topic you'd love us to talk about on the podcast, feel free to reach out and let us know what that is at lynda at teachfortheheart.com. Looking forward to speaking with you guys again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.